Welcome back to For The One Podcast. You are now listening to part two of Growing Pains with President Graves. All right, so now we're going to talk a little bit more about decision making. And it was really interesting when me and David were preparing for this about how he's so intentional about his decisions. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, too. But I really feel like perfection is an illusion. And at this point in my life, of course, there are good choices and there are bad choices. But it's not really about the good versus bad for me, Um, especially what we talked about in our last episode with our last guest. Um, Proverbs 3, 6 really humbles me and gives me peace about any decision I make. Because if I, again, am acknowledging God in every decision, he will make my path straight. It'll be so much easier for me to make the next good choice. And I think that David has a really good perspective on this as well about decision-making. And so I'm just, of course, going to invite him to share that now. Thank you once again, love. And I think um, I've been thinking about perfection is an illusion and it's quite interesting. I mean, not everybody will agree though, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's quite interesting. Once we understand that perfection is an illusion, then yeah, I, I feel like a lot of us will not beat ourselves too hard when it comes yeah. to certain things, you know, because at the end of the day, we learn from the experience, mm-hmm. we throw out the garbage and we embrace the new and all of that. And speaking of decision, the script, the first scripture I'm going to start with is um, Job 22, verse 28. And Job says something very profound mm-hmm. over there. It says that you will also decide and decree a thing, and it will be established for you. Mm-hmm. So think about it for a second. You will decide and decree. So it's not just decreeing or declaring. You have to decide what you want to see. You have to decide where you want to be in the next five years. You have to decide the kind of path that you choose. Hmm. Now, there is this uh, story that I came across on uh, Twitter. (laughs) Or two young adults. One is a drunkard. One is uh, successful. And they asked them the same question. uh, What motivated you? And they answered the same. I watched my father. Wow. Now, they said, the father was a drunkard. So now, you look at him, two children, two guys, one becomes a drunkard, one is not. What is the key here? Mm-hmm. The key here is the decisions that both of them took. If you come, so this goes on to say, if you come from a broken home, you don't have to use it as an excuse to justify your toxic behavior or to justify your abuse behavior. Mm-hmm. You have a decision to make. If nobody in your family has ever made it or has never gone to college, you have a decision to make. So it is not your fault. I always say this to my friends. that It is not your fault that you were born into a poor family or into a hopeless family. But it is your fault if you die poor and if you die hopeless. Mm. Because you had a choice. You had a decision to decree, to turn things around. When you look in the Bible, Jabez, Jabez had a decision, had a choice. He realized that his name was affecting him. 
He, so he then went to God of Israel that changed my name for me. And guess what? God did. But we live in a society right now that nobody wants to accept responsibility for their own actions. Mm. Nobody wants to accept. They don't want to be bold enough. You know, they don't want to be bold enough to accept responsibility. And we are quick to blame the devil. Many, it will shock you that many of the things that we blame the devil for, he has no idea about it. The devil will not hold your hands and put you, I mean, and put your hands into a fire. He will not do that. The only thing the devil can do is he's just going to suggest, oh, go and sleep with this girl. Oh, go and steal this money. But at the end of the day, you decide to act on it. No, yeah. oh, ah, he's just going to be one time. And all it takes for you to say is one time. Mm-hmm. And one time becomes the second time. The second time becomes the third time. And it keeps going. And before you realize, you are not even conscious of what you're doing. Like you've lost consciousness. Uh, there was a time that I went to the barber shop. Let me show you this example. I went to the barber shop and uh, a guy walked in. And he knew my Baba, so they were talking and the Baba was catching up with him and said, hey, so how is your girl, man? And he said, oh, right now they moved in together, you know, and all of that. And my Baba asked him that, when are you going to marry? Or when are you going to marry her? And he goes like, well, I'm waiting to hear from God before I marry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And my papa was like, um, did you hear from God before you moved her in into your apartment? And like, at, like right there in there, it's like he got a little, you know, he got a little quiet. And uh, my papa asked me, hey, David, what do you think? And I just said that, look, many times we don't like to take responsibility for certain things. We just like to shed away responsibility so that people cannot blame us. In this case, you moved her into your apartment. You did not even ask God that should you move her into your apartment. When it comes to marriage, because you don't want to marry her, now you're using the excuse that you're waiting for God to tell you to, come on, man. (laughs) So that is the, you know, the double-sidedness of this whole thing is I am an advocate for taking responsibility. Look, if you are my friend, I have a lot of people who come to me, especially the ladies, they come to me and they're like, oh, uh, they feel guilty. Something happened. Uh, Oh, they kissed this boy. They had sex and they try to make it look like it's the guy's fault or he falls (laughs) Yeah, falls there. And I'm like, look, you just have to be honest. With you. you don't, uh, you know, enjoy all these things. And all of a sudden, you don't want to take responsibility. And you want to, no, 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 don't do that. The key to healing and purging yourself and, you know, having a guilt-free life is admitting that it is your fault. Mm-hmm. And taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. Accepting that, yes, you played a role. But now you want to do something different. And that way... When the devil is even accusing you in front of God, you automatically know that, you know, you've moved on. You are a new person. You are not guilty anymore. So the devil can accuse you for all you want. And, mm-hmm. you know, just got, yeah. So these are some of the, so uh, when it comes to taking decisions, I'm very passionate about it. Yeah. I'm very severely passionate about it because 
I'm just tired of Christians shedding and, you know, blaming, always playing the blaming game and they don't want to be better. Oh, yeah. and it's just crazy, love. It, it, it's it's yeah. just crazy. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I feel like you can see that everywhere, especially on social media, how many Christians want to say one thing but act another way and not take responsibilities yep. for their actions. And I think um, just to kind of close this out, but like that's kind of part of the reason why there is such a big mass exodus of young people from churches is because the older people never took responsibility for their actions. And then, you know, we, a lot of people tried to hold them accountable and they were like, mm, I don't feel like being held accountable today. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. But I mean, I they say one thing, uh, they say one thing and then do another. Yeah. So it's like, you say you're a Christian, but um, you're over here judging all sort of things. And the Bible says don't judge. Yep. You know? So it's like self-control too. Like it takes self-control not to judge people. Totally. You have to practice self-control as to what you exactly. say, how you react. Yeah. But I feel like there is a fine line between judging and telling them the fact. Mm -hmm. I feel like over time we've confused the two. When I used to work at Apple, oh man, it feels good saying that. Now, when I used to work at Apple, <laughs> over over 50% of my colleagues were gay mm. or are gay. Okay. Now, and over time, they try to pick up my brains on these things. And I'm like, look, first of all, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And this is what my Bible tells me. I am not judging you. I will eat with you. I will dine with you. You know, I will hang out with you. All, all I'm supposed to do is to love you unconditionally. Yeah. But it is not my place to hate you because when I am hating you and I'm thinking evil thoughts about you, what I'm doing is I'm also being a complicit in sin mm. because Bible tells me not to hate either. Yeah. Bible tells me to love, even tells me to love my enemies. So now I will tell you that as a Christian, I don't endorse homosexuality. Mm. So now if that is the case, I'm not, I'm just telling you what the faith is. Yeah, but I did, yeah. hey, call me, let's hang out. Who we'll talking? I won't hate you. People need to understand that when Christians are telling them that, hey, it is wrong, we are not judging them. Yeah. We're just telling them from our perspective. The same way you want us to accept you, that is the same way you should also accept our views. Yeah. I mean, but it's a very touchy subject. So, you know, but, but some of us, we just try to stay away from it. <laughs> No, I, I think it, I agree it is a touchy subject, but it's important that the distinction is made that you can still love people and not agree with them and not agree. And yeah. like, just because they are doing something doesn't mean that you have to one co-sign and or two participate. Um, yeah, but many other times they want to co-sign. Yeah, <laughs> people, people want co-signers for all their actions and you don't have to do that. You don't exactly. have to. Awesome. So we've talked a lot about a lot of things so far, um, and I'm super excited again to have David on. He has a really great perspective. And I think as a female, it's really nice to have a male perspective, but also like David just has a lot more life experience than I do. So I'm grateful that <laughs> well, in different ways, <laughs> you have a lot of American experience. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just excited that he's here to talk a lot about a lot of um, everything that was on his heart too. But I'm excited to talk about this next thing 
which is being intentional because being intentional, especially as a Christian, is just being daily dedicated to living for Jesus, to living as a Christian in this world, even if the world says something different that day. Um, It doesn't always mean that we set our intentions and we follow through. Sometimes we might even fail miserably, but just being intentional means that you live with the goal that today I will give my all for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I would love David to elaborate on that and talk a little bit about um, how he feels about intentionality too. Absolutely love the, the, the Christian journey, being a Christian has everything to do with being deliberate or being intentional. Every step of your way needs to be calculated. You need to be intentional about it because when you read the Bible, it says that nobody lights a candle and hides it under the bed. And then the Bible also goes further to say that let your light shine therefore unto all men that they may see you and glorify your father in heaven. Yeah. What I'm saying is the moment you give your life to Christ and you become a new creature, as 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, then you have to be intentional in your dealings because all things are passed away and new things are here. And once you do that, you need to, therefore, take on Romans 12. Brethren, renew your mind. You know, you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, this Christian thing is like over time, We've been made to understand that it is automatic, but it is not automatic. Mm. It is being intentional. Now that I have accepted Jesus, what next? Does it mean that Jesus Christ is just going to put me on auto drive or like autopilot, like a robot and just listen to gospel songs all throughout? No R&B, no hip hop. I'm going to be watching Jesus shows. No, it is. It doesn't mean that. Yeah. What it means, once you are, after you've accepted Jesus intentionally, now you have to do away with the old. So the things that you used to do, you see, the Holy Ghost, once you accept the Holy Ghost as well, there are certain things within you that it will convict you that, okay, let me not do this anymore. If you used to the club, if you used to go to the club, you stop going to the club. <laughs> so, yeah, you become intentional. So yeah. it is not automatic as we've been made to believe all these years, we have to decide that, okay, I have given my life to Christ. What next? Okay, you used to have a girlfriend that you used to do certain things with. If the girlfriend is not willing to go on the same journey you've decided to embark on, you let her go or you let your boyfriend go. Mm-hmm. That is you being intentional because the Bible says that if you give your like, it's like you need to be dead to me. Yeah. And the Bible says he who loves his life will lose it. So we need to understand that we need to let go of everything. Yeah. So if you used to do certain things, you decide, you get to a certain level, you change how you dress. It becomes a lifestyle. The Holy Spirit convicts you within. Mm-hmm. So you don't listen to certain songs anymore. You don't mingle with certain friends anymore, not because you hate them, but because the conversations that they have it will corrupt you. So if you realize that your friends are not, you know, embarking that same journey with you, then you need to make a conscious effort to get away from that circle. 
But at the end of the day, you are going to, you know, be, hey, how are you? It's been a long time. Yeah, but you just need to dissociate yourself from those. So this is what I mean by, you know, being intentional, being intentional, in, be intentional in your dealings, be intentional in everything. Take a bold step. You realize how unbelievers are walking about and they walk boldly. Hey, they, yeah, man, they are proud to say that they smoke cigars and weed. But the average Christian is shy to admit that I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. They are shy. They don't even want to admit that, that I'm playing this gospel song. They don't even want to play it. I have been there before. Uh, over the past few years, I like the fact that people will see me and they're like, oh, you don't even look like a Christian. Or, oh, you are so cool to hang out. But I'm like, what the hell does that mean now? I'm like, <laughs> how does a Christian look like? You know, so it's like I try to hide myself every now and then, not for mm -hmm. people, because I was like, oh, I don't want to make these people uncomfortable. But I realized that over the last couple of years, I realized that these unbelievers don't mind making us uncomfortable. They don't <laughs> mind. Yes, they don't mind. They just get up and do whatever they want to do. Yeah. When some, yeah. They don't mind. So I was like, well, if you don't mind making me uncomfortable by playing certain type of music and saying certain things around me, then I also, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to mind preaching, playing my loud gospel music, sharing, you know, certain things from the Christian past. I don't mind. I have come to understand that we need to take a stand. Over time, because Christians have not been intentional with their actions, because we've not, we've not been bold to take a step because we are like, we don't want to offend people. There are many decisions right now that are being taken that it is against the Christian community. You look at how COVID-19 happened. The first thing that they say, oh, we are going to uh, shut down churches because um, uh, the, the large, large God reigns and all. And I get the science behind it, but uh, it was a wrong move to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Because first of all, you need to understand what the church is made up of. Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ, by his stripes, we are healed. And it is for this reason that he came to die for us. So we, Christian, we believe in something higher. So COVID-19 cannot penetrate into the church. But some people may disagree with me, and it depends on the level of faith. If we Christians decided to be on one page, in mm. one accord, to take a stand, certain decisions that have been taken right now shouldn't have been taken. Because yeah. the reason why we have a, a lot of decisions against the church right now is, ask yourself, love, how many politicians are Christians? Mm. How many politicians are Christians? The average Christian does not even want to get into politics because they say he's a dirty guy. But my thing is, have you forgotten about King David? Have, have you forgotten about Joseph? Have you forgotten about Daniel? Have you forgotten about King? So these were prominent people in the Bible and they were politicians and they stood for God. Mm. So we need more intentional people. That is why right now I'm on a path. My major plan over the next five, 10 years is to be a Christian in politics, to bring the difference, to take a stand for the people of God and for God to have his way. Because we have a lot of Christians who are not in power, who are not CEOs. And 
certain decisions are being taken against us. So we need somebody in high places that God can use all the time. So we need to be intentional in everything. We shouldn't hide. We shouldn't be shy. We shouldn't be afraid because the average unbeliever doesn't mind. That was really powerful. I was going to mention that for me, one of the quotes that really blessed me when I was looking this up was that intentional living is co-authoring your life with the creator of the universe, with God, to make your highest contribution to not only yourself, but to the world as well. And I think um, practically, like I'm gonna go through some steps here on how you can be a little more intentional today and with your walk in general, but just to kind of echo some of the notes that David said, I think it's really important that as a Christian believer that we are confident not only in our God, but that shows through the way we live our lives. And I think that's, I think that's the disconnect is that we can be confident when we're in a situation or a circumstance that's surrounded by other Christians, because we're confident in that moment. But when we're surrounded by the rest of the world, and we're drowned out by all the noise on social media and things like that, we become a lot more shy, we become a lot more quiet, we become a lot less loving we become a lot more protective defensive because that trust that we thought we had with god didn't really show up um, in our daily life and i think it's because we don't set the daily intention which i'm going to go through right now on not only believing god but also saying that today i'm not i'm not only going to give my all to jesus but i'm going to do it in my actions in my words in the way i treat people in the way i do my work in the way i do school Um, And I think making it practical like that is really important. But I think the first thing that you need to know in being intentional, um, especially as a Christian, is that you have to know your God and you have to know how he works. And once you are confident in him and what he does on this earth and in your life, then you can set your daily intentions. And again, this has to be daily. You have to set daily goals every day saying, this is what I'm aiming for. And really as a Christian, it should be, I'm giving my all to Jesus today and looking like him as best as I can. And you wanna align your daily actions to do that. You wanna think on purpose. You wanna reflect on the things that you've done on probably the mistakes you made that day because we all do do them every single day. Um, Reevaluate and then choose again to be intentional. Um, And just really, again, what David said, but just taking a stand for what you believe in, who you believe in and pursue a life that honors God and honors those beliefs. But yeah. So just to kind of close out this episode, I'd love to invite David to just kind of reflect on some things we've said. I feel like we've talked about so many things, but for me, I've been really blessed on specifically the talks about self-control and intentionality. I think it's so important for me now going into the medical field where it is very science-based to understand that the Lord loves science and created it for a purpose and that Um, If I choose to blend it together, it'll blend beautifully. But if I choose to focus on one or another, it will also show up that way as well. So, yeah. yeah, But To those of you who don't know my degrees in science and studying science, biology, chemistry, especially the biology, made me draw closer to God, made me understand really who God is. Because when you're studying biology, especially in genetics, you get to realize that it is just by grace and by mercy that some of us came out to be normal. But when you look at 
the magnificent work that God had to do to wire all these things and for you to come out normal and you have the nerve to say that you're an atheist. I mean, I just have to say, I just have to reiterate what the Bible said that it is only a fool that says there is no God because there are so many things that goes on within our human body, the biology, like at any point, anything can happen. You can have over, I'm like overactive immune system and all, but to have a perfect balance in the, you know, like homeostasis, you know, state and nothing is wrong with you. I mean, this God is just too much. Yeah, I'm getting all sciencey here, but I mean, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is this, it is easily for you to lose your faith when, when you are in the science field or you, when you're in the medical field, but if you are a Christian, you shouldn't that should even make you appreciate it because you get to learn all sort of phenomena in the human body. Like I, I've learned so much and I'm like, wow, this God, he thought about us to create the T cells, the B cells, the lymph nodes, the white cells. And you tell me that there is no God. Mm. I mean, come on. Like it, it, it is just amazing. And I know I talked a little bit too much on that, but <laughs> I really I must say that I love the definition you gave on self-control. Like it's very, 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 very important. Self-control is the discipline of delaying impulse or gratification for a greater purpose. The key there is greater purpose. Greater the purpose, yeah. Is greater purpose. There are certain decisions that uh, uh, you wouldn't take lightly. Definitely. I feel like we've touched on a lot of great things. There's so many things that you can take away from today's episode. But I just want to thank everyone for listening and tuning in. I want to thank David for sharing so much from his heart and from his own experience, too. Um, I just hope that you were blessed, heard a different perspective, heard something new. And um, make sure you tune in next time for the next episode of Growing Pains or whatever else comes out on this beautiful podcast. I really, I don't know what's happening next, but God is moving. Thank you, love, for having me. And I'm hoping I'll get back on again at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just want to thank you again for listening. If you want to get more connected or plugged in, please follow us at For The One Podcast. Remember that God loves you and that he'd leave the 99 just to find you. Bye.